Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, we just made it under the wire here. When Chad left the studio, I logged off the computer that had Adam Carter logged in still. Chad doesn't use the company computer. He's too good for that. Brings brings his own laptop in. Uh, and this thing promptly started doing Windows updates. Took about... It took a good 10 minutes to complete the updates, but we did it. We did it. We are in business, and drive time is on the air. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's Jason. Dan is here. One of the rare days that we both seem to be at work together. Uh, Enjoy that for the next three days. Two. You're off Wednesday. Wednesday. Then we're back together Thursday, and then you're off Friday. All right. And then that's it. And that's it for this year, baby. How many times are people going to? Have to hear some idiot coworkers say, "See you next year." Well, count, countless. <laughs> hey, we'll take that issue up next year. <laughs> countless number of times. If if this is you, if this is something that you would normally say, you know who you are. Stop it. Just stop it. Knock it off. You have the ability. You can control. Can you? Can you control well, yourself? Some some people. It's it's dodgy. It's 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 rough. It's rough. Uh, Anthony Edwards. This story has been blowing up social media all morning. Sports Illustrated wrote about it. Bring me the news. Uh, And then now it's in the Star Tribune. And there are so many different ways you can go with this, right? Here's the story. And my question to you is... Is this any of our business? It's the question I'm struggling with, and obviously I've I, it is in my view because, well, I'm talking about it. So obviously I think it is some of our business, Be, and I'll explain why in a minute. Anthony Edwards issued a statement today at about 10.30 this morning after a woman who claimed she was pregnant with his child released text messages between the two, she put them up on her Instagram story. And those messages show Anthony Edwards pressuring this woman to have an abortion and also shows that he paid her $100,000. He does not dispute any of her story. His comment is brief. And also BS, his comment. So this woman, who uh, all all of the reports kind of talk about her as a social media Instagram model. Um, and she posted these, I think, early... This morning. Um, Here's why I think it is our business. 
Professional sports is a business. NBA athletes, more than any other sport, are individual brands. They want us to love them. They want us to buy their shoes. They want us to buy their jerseys. They want us to buy everything that they're selling as a sponsored post on Instagram or TikTok or X. And so if you build yourself up as a public figure with the positive aspects, oh, I grew up in this situation. Oh, here's the charity work just this week. Last week, uh, you saw the Timberwolves out shopping, uh, buying Christmas presents for uh, low-income Minnesota kids. So so we we eat up the good stuff, right? We eat it up. And so when there's bad stuff, you that's part of the conversation too, in my view. 651-461-9226. Is it any of our business that a woman claims that Anthony Edwards got her pregnant in text message, told her to get an abortion. She responded to the message saying that she got an abortion once before and regrets it and doesn't want to do it again. And then he's pressuring her. Anthony Edwards statement. I made comments in the heat of a moment that are not me and that are not aligned with what I believe and who I want to be as a man. All women should be supported and empowered to make their own decisions about their bodies and what is best for them. I am handling my personal matters privately and will not be commenting on them any further at this time. Remember last week when we talked about apologies? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is this an apology? I'm not saying it's an apology, not but it's, really. it's a very poorly worded statement. I mean, it's a very, like, PR-type yeah. statement. Because Anthony Edwards is 22 years old. He is fabulously talented. He is incredibly rich. He is very young. He is very immature. He has at his disposal an unlimited buffet of temptation. Every professional athlete has access to poor decisions shoved in their face all day, all night. I am not saying that I expect a 22-year-old to make smarter decisions. In fact, I am saying I expect fabulously wealthy, incredibly talented, uh, hugely driven individuals to largely make very stupid decisions. I do. Um, Most of us could never imagine being in that situation. And, And it's easy to say like, oh, well, I would use protection or I would, you know, I wouldn't be sleeping around with the Instagram model Boombalati who's sitting in the first row. Like, you might, you might cheat on your wife. You might, I mean, people make plenty of bad decisions without the sort of temptation that these athletes have. It's just next level. I'm not excusing them. I'm saying I expect it. I'm saying it's, it's, it's a feature, not a bug. 
of their circumstance. And thus, like, I don't look at Anthony Edwards today and say, like, I'm, I'm going to cheer for him differently. I'm not. I do say that, like, this is, this is a 22-year-old, incredibly talented, sort of immature guy. But is this any of our business? Is this any of our business? One texture, no, no, and no. It is the right of a couple to discuss a private matter. We've drummed it into our heads that we are supposed to be pro-choice. He doesn't want a child right now. Nice girlfriend to make this public. Yeah, I, I will say, like, I have plenty of bad vibes to spread to all of the characters in this situation. You know? Should she... So why did she, it sort of becomes like a soap opera, right? Why did she reveal this stuff? Well, because apparently Anthony Edwards got his girlfriend, Well, and I shouldn't say it like that, like got his girlfriend pregnant. That's such like a ridiculous way to describe it. But there was some sort of photo shoot with his current girlfriend who is pregnant. And so... Then this woman comes forward is like, well, he had a different reaction when I got pregnant with his child. Let's talk to Jonathan. He's on uh, the CCO talking text line 651-461-9226. Jonathan, is this any of our business? Oh, for the love of God, please no. <laughs> Honest to God, Jason, what is wrong with society where they need to know all this business? But it's disgusting, and I'm disgusted with it. And I would rather hear what people are doing good with their sportsmanship awards and, you know, giving back to the community, stuff like that. But, oh, yeah. my God, this is disgusting, and we all should be ashamed. But it sure does make for good radio topics. It's, I mean, it it is the, the mixed bag of it, right, where it would be easy to be like, look, and I agree with you, like, this should be none of our business. But in 20, oh my God. In 2023, if, if right. you're my an mother, athlete, you know that, that the girlfriend is going to post it on Instagram, right? Like, you know. Are, are we that stupid? Are we that stupid as the American public is that whatever you text or say to somebody is out there? I know I've stepped in my own verbal diarrhea at times, some, you know, on <laughs> yeah. the radio. Yeah. But honest to goodness, you know, what is wrong with society where they can say, oh, well, I'm going to take a picture of my wink wink and send it to somebody and, <laughs> uh, and or tell somebody to get an abortion. No, yeah. stop. Yeah. This is ridiculous. And um, let me just wish you a very happy holiday season with your kids and your wife and your family. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some snow at some point, but I don't think so. I know it. Thank you, Jonathan. No, you know, I. Well, I almost said like no skeletons in my closet, but then you're like issuing a challenge for. I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Eric is in a car. Eric, is this any of our business? It is absolutely none of our business. However, it's like a, neither is a car crash on the side of the road. You're still going to look. You're still going to ask questions. You're still going to want to know what's going on. Yeah. Even though you might never know and it's none of our business, it's what humans do. It's human nature. It's true. You do look at this, and I know I was talking to a friend of mine who's a coach today, and these are the type 
of things that they talked to players about in the, you know, they talked to players about this in the high school level, in the college level, uh, you know. There's always somebody. There, there, there are temptations and there, there are temptations all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, all over the place. I mean, then, I, I just think gotta, it's something that most of us, uh, and and I guess it sounds a little like I'm making excuses, but most of us cannot. You can't imagine what it's like to to have a job where you travel around all over the country, and in every city you go, there are beautiful women, like more beautiful than any woman that like most of us have ever even talked to. Who are throwing themselves Correct. at you? It's just a different. It's a different life. It really is. It really is, and and it, again, it is none of our business. But it doesn't stop anybody from asking questions and yeah. wanting to know. Yeah, that's true. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Three twenty. Keep those texts and calls coming. We'll continue the conversation here on Drive Time with Derusha on a Monday on CCO. Three twenty-five in just about ten minutes. Dan Cook's Monday message. We'll be talking about finding a spirit of celebration in a world where it feels like we're descending into absolute hell all the time. Dan will talk about that. And as part of a new challenge on this show, I will be quiet for at least two minutes. Whoa, whoa. For those of you who text in and are like, Stop interrupting your guests. I, I mean, that's the goal. <laughs> let's not let's not make promises here. I because... I feel good about it. Okay, I've been practicing this weekend by listening to friends tell stories during dinner without me asking forty clarifying questions. Wow. To, yeah, how'd, how'd that feel? It's hard. Yeah. yeah, physically hard. So I may need to strap my arms down like twenty five thousand dollar pyramid style. On the chair. We can do that. We are talking about Anthony Edwards. Timberwolves have a game tonight. Anthony Edwards, uh, NBA All-Star, incredible athlete, 22 years old, uh, ends up in the middle of a scandal. And the reason it became a public scandal is because a woman claimed that she was pregnant with his child, and she posted the receipts. She posted text messages. She posted a $100,000 payment that uh, she said Anthony Edwards, uh, his personal attorney or whoever, sent basically as payment uh, for getting an abortion and for not – there was no NDA, it seems. There was no – contract for that $10,000, as far as we know anyway. Uh, and then Anthony Edwards himself responded. One text message, I posed the question, is this any of our business? Almost everyone seems to agree it's not any of our business. As we talk about it. People need to stop making these situations our business, says one texter, by not posting private poor me on social media. Where is the respect gone? I do think that today, whether you're famous or not, should be an expectation of dating behavior. If you do something wrong, if you text something dumb or stupid or offensive, the other person's probably going to post it. It's going to become a TikTok. This is the world we live in. Is it right? No. 
Would it be better if people just handled their business in private? Yes, I think. And there is some value for the rest of us to see, look what a dummy that is. This could ruin commercial prospects for this person. This could ruin some of the positive public vibe. Now, will it? No. If Ant keeps playing well, people will largely forget. Right? Don't you think? I think largely people will forget. Well, I mean, presuming that there's not any further development to the story or, like you said, yeah, I mean, it it feels... And an unwanted pregnancy is not like an unusual thing in the world of professional athletes. Or, well, I mean, in the world, period. Or in the world, period. Yeah. Text on Snapchat so that stuff disappears after. I mean, (laughs) you can still grab that screenshot, but... Yes, there are... You know, that... Just Jason's pro tip to you, the listener. If this sort of scenario comes up in your life, go ahead and pick up the phone. <laughs> it's a great time to have a have a have actual a conversation. conversation. Odds are pretty good I mean, they're not recording your call. They're probably pretty good, but you're not, still at not risk. zero. It's not zero. They're not zero. So I, go ahead. Here's the line that I that I personally would draw on this. Is this something that say if you're a reporter, you're your Timberwolves reporter. And yep. somebody comes to you and says, hey, Ant's got a gal. Yep. All this is going on. Is it that reporter's job to then go look into that's That's where I would maybe say, no, that's not our business. We don't need to be going into that. He is a public figure. He's made himself a public figure. Like you said, he's created a brand around himself. He launched his shoe when, this weekend. When this gets public, because the, the woman in question makes it public. Yes. Then it's a story. Then it's something we can talk about, and it's I mean, perfectly valid to talk about it and talk about it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. The, the the temptations that face young athletes, uh, the poor decision-making that some of these guys make, along with the fact and the truth that they have more resources to help prevent them from making poor decisions yes. than your normal average person as well, which is why I think there is an okay – there is room, I don't want to say to hold them responsible, but to say, to be a little disappointed that they didn't make a better decision. You, you say yes. you expect you know young athletes to make bad decisions. I do. Based on history, I, I see that. And I also know for a fact, like I said, that these guys have more resources that to help them not make those bad decisions. And I think it's fair to, be, to look at it and go, eh, I'm a little disappointed that this is the decision the kid made. Yeah, I think if Anthony Edwards didn't respond, I'm not sure that we would have a full conversation about this on the air immediately. If it were just yeah. her... Uh, because you don't know anything can be manipulated. Any text message could be manipulated. You just don't know. But when you look at the screenshots of this, I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad. I mean, she she sends a picture of a positive pregnancy test, and his response is, hell no, can't do this. And she says, so now what? What a great response. He says, get an abortion, LOL. And she says, honestly, I had an abortion with my son about two years ago and regret it every day. Uh, You know. He says, I will send you money to help you out. She says, I didn't ask for it, but okay. She says, you just don't want a baby. Is that why you're saying all this? And he... He says, I don't want kids. Let's handle this like grown-ups. Earlier this morning, I said if I were an agent, if I were a sports agent, 
with a young athlete, I would suggest that after you sign that big money contract, you go to the sperm bank and make a donation, save some swimmers for later, and then have a vasectomy. You know, just like Dr. Phil, because he had a vasectomy and had it reversed. You can do the same. Young athletes, you should be wearing a condom. You should never try to force a woman to have an abortion if she doesn't want one. Have a conversation. It is a mutual conversation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pro-vasectomy. I think a lot of... <laughs> I mean, if I had that much money... I would have a vasectomy, and I would be, I'd be double-wrapped. I'm just saying. 3.33, Drive Time with Russia. coming back in a minute. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Making Sunday Sermon have Monday meaning. Now, let's hear faith-based teaching with real-world application. Here's our own Dan Cook with today's Monday message. So a lot of you may know that Dan Cook is a pastor, a teaching pastor at a local church. He went to uh, graduate school, got a master's in divinity, and... I like the way Dan thinks about moral, ethical issues that we all face and think about. And so Dan and I were talking a couple weeks ago, and Dan said, you know, what if I kind of did a little thing? And I like it. So what we're going to do is Dan is taking a topic that he's either preached about uh, at church the uh, Sunday before, or, I mean, Dan can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. And today's... Free reign. Wow. For a total free reign. Wow. And, and today's topic, from the, the second you opened your mouth on today's topic, I was like, whoa, that's a great... Yeah, I thought our boss was going to come out of his chair when we were talking with him about it. He was very excited. Very excited. So the church that I that I uh, uh, am a pastor at has adopted a theme for this year's Advent. We're in the third week of Advent. We just had the third Sunday in uh, in the Advent cycle, and this theme that we're talking about is how does a weary world rejoice? And the idea is not to ignore the fact that this time of year can seem chaotic, uh, not just in terms of the season itself, but in terms of everything going on in the world. It can be seem chaotic. It can seem overwhelming. It can threaten to darken our lives in a season that's supposed to be about light and supposed to be about happiness and joy. We don't want to deny that. We want to name that. We want to affirm that that's an experience for, for much of us. And we also believe that in and amongst that darkness, in and amongst that chaos and that overwhelming feeling, joy can be found, especially if we're intentional about it. And so this week, my task was to talk about finding, uh, rejoicing, finding joy in and amongst a weary world through the idea of amazement. 
And we looked at the, the Scripture passage talking about the birth of John the Baptist and how his father was uh, unable to speak for the nine months of his gestation, but at his birth in showing his faith in God and naming this child John, uh, Zechariah had his voice returned to him, and the people around him were amazed by this. So we talked about finding joy through amazement. And there's three different ways I sort of came at this idea of joy in amazement, which is through the idea of wonder. When you're pondering things that are bigger than you, when you're pondering things that are difficult to get your head around, I, you know, I've always been fascinated by the cosmos. I've always been fascinated by looking at the universe and contempt, you know, thinking about the universe and its size and its age and all those things. I stare at the night sky and I just I find this sense of wonderment and awe and amazement. And there is joy for me in that. Uh, that's been my whole life. But recently, over the last year or so, I've sort of started, you know, having my chin tilted down, looking at creation all around us and God's gift of creation and how we find joy just in the smallest things. I was, I was up at a retreat, and, and we talked about that a few weeks ago, and I'm on a bridge over a little creek, and I'm looking down at this creek, and the glass was crystal clear because it hadn't snowed yet, so the water had just frozen. It froze clear. There's little critters down at the bottom of this creek moving around. I'm thinking, man, that's their whole universe. I'm staring at stars in a 13.8 billion year universe, and this little critter's walking around, and this five-foot section of creek is probably all it's ever going to know. And just looking at the design and how perfect things work together, to me, makes me feel closer to God, and there's wonder and there's joy in that. So this amazement can present as wonder. It can also present as delight. When you think about your kids, or you think about any kids that you have a, a chance to deal with, and just their ability to cut through the cynicism that this world piles upon us and say things that are ridiculous or crazy or funny or whatever it is, but just the delight that they produce, that delight that we feel towards children is the delight God feels towards us. And when you understand that flow and you see that flow and how it's designed, to me that brings about this sense of delight, this sense of wonder, this sense of joy. It can also, amazement can also present itself as fear. And I say that with this story. Have you ever heard Ice sing before? Jason, you're allowed to speak here. <laughs> have you ever heard Ice sing before? I have. I hadn't until a few weeks ago. And it was, you know, again, near this lake. And what happens apparently, and again, I have a very rudimentary understanding of this, but as the ice, as the water freezes and you have ice sheets come together and they rub together almost like tectonic plates do, or an ice sheet will maybe crack and there'll be some slippage. But that slippage or that rubbing together creates a vibration, which creates a sound, which if you're at the right spot and the right distance from wherever that's happening, creates this moan. I was by this lake and I heard something that almost sounded like whale song and I was just completely knocked over by the, like, you know, what in the world is this? In fact, it was so, you know, kind of almost frightening to me that I almost, I doubted I heard it the first time I heard it. I'm like, did I actually hear that or am I just, you know, I'm outside, I'm in the middle of nature, I'm making stuff up. But no, if you waited long enough there, it came again and it came a third time. And I didn't understand it until somebody explained, oh, yeah, no, that's just the icing. If you go onto YouTube and type in ice singing, you'll hear what I'm talking mm. about. But I think when we have this amaz- these amazing things happen, sometimes they create this sense of fear. That fear of God is a phrase from the Old Testament that's all over the place. But when you understand, when you, when you gain understanding of the event, once I understood what this was, that fear gave way to joy. It gave way to just unbelievable beauty. Here's God's creation singing to us making this gorgeous music. Once I understood what it was, there was no more fear, and I could just go for the joy. Once you understand the love behind what God's doing, the fact that what God's doing is miraculous and above our ability to do, doesn't create fear anymore. It creates joy. It creates the sense of wonder. It creates the sense of delight. So what I think the biggest point of the takeaway is, in and amongst our busyness, in and amongst the days that we go through uh, 
on autopilot because we're just too busy or we're feeling overwhelmed or we're consumed with the chaos of the world, don't forget to be amazed. Don't forget to be amazed because those moments will pop up fairly consistently in our lives. But it's easy to brush them aside and keep going because we've got stuff to do or because I'm upset with my boss or because I've got to get home you know, to the wife and kids, whatever it is. Don't forget to take a minute to recognize those moments of amazement, to recognize and embrace them and lean into them because it's a gift. It's a gift in and amongst the chaos and the darkness and the overwhelming nature of life to have those moments of amazement, to have those little lights in the darkness. We need to make the most of them when they present themselves to us. So as you're going through the rest of this holiday season, as overwhelmed as you feel, as, as difficult as it can be, be intentional about not forgetting to be amazed. We live amongst amazing creation. We are amazing beings in our own selves. Don't forget to be amazed because there's in that, in that, a weary world can rejoice. There you go. It is everywhere when you look. Yeah. Wonder, delight, fear. Um, you, you also have to give yourself permission to experience that joy, right? Sure. Because I think, especially if you live online and you see the latest atrocity or the latest outrageous thing some politician said that you disagree with, um, it can be hard to give yourself permission to actually... You know, you're you're talking about the daily enjoyments, but now we're in a season where you're expected to go to family and 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 be happy. Mm-hmm. And it can be challenging. It can people. be. And I think, you know, the key there is to not make it a binary. You can do both. E- you can do both. Yeah. It's not that this world isn't difficult and that life may seem dark in, in a given season. But it's that in and amongst that darkness, you can find small points of light. You can always find small I points like of that. light. And so we can do both. We can acknowledge the fact that, yeah, the world's in chaos right now, and there's some horrible, horrible things happening. And maybe in our individual lives we're feeling overwhelmed. And we can still find those moments of joy in being amazed in the creation in which we're, we live. 651-461-9226, your text, your moments of amazement, always welcome. You can email the show if you have feedback for Dan or questions. Uh, Jason at odyssey.com. A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. And that email goes right to Dan and me. It is 348. We'll take a break. Back in just a minute here on CCO. I just left my lake place 20 minutes ago and stood on my deck listening to the lake freezing sounds and said to myself how amazing it sounded like a whale song, says one texter. And now 20 minutes later, you're talking about the exact same amazement. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. That was my first reaction when I heard it, too, was, was it sounded like whale song. But I'm pretty sure that there's not a whale in a Minnesota lake. So I heard it, uh, well, back at TV, we used to do an ice fishing trip up to Lake Mille Lacs. Yeah. And the first time I remember uh, driving out on Lake Mille Lacs in my car, 
which was the first time I drove at a frozen lake. Suburban Chicago kid, we didn't really do this. By the way, if you, yeah, if you ever want to freak out somebody who's native to Arizona, explain oh. ice fishing and driving on the <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yes, I think I was with my boss, yeah. uh, and he was horrified. Yeah. And then overnight you'd hear the the song. It's, it is at first horrifying. It's just it. It's it's freaky when you hear it the first yeah. time, and then once you once you understand what it is, it's gorgeous. It is weird seeing people, and you sent me a story today of people uh, go. You know, there are people going out on on the lake, yeah, folks. You got to knock that off. It's not the ice is not ready yet. I saw. I mean, it was in Maple Grove, and I saw somebody out yeah. on one of the local ponds. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Is it okay to walk on it right now? I don't. I mean, people weren't it, driving it, on it. Obviously, were they? no, they weren't. It obviously varies on where you're at. Yeah, but it's at least here in the metro for sure. I would not trust any lake or pond ice at this point. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's weird. I was looking in the backyard yesterday. And my grass is green still. People are saying it's going to be a brown Christmas. It's going to be a green Christmas. Right. It's very. I loved it. I loved it. The nice, warmer weather, but it's, even for me, gone too far. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so good. Yeah. I like the. I mean, I don't need the cold, I guess. It is strange. I think it's strange. It is strange, but, but I'm okay with that. A little strange well, now and then. We should get a guest on because I know, is it, we know it's El Nino, but, like, is this a climate thing? Is this just the cycle of El Nino that, like, we don't – I guess what I'm looking for is for someone to tell me if I should feel bad about enjoying the warm weather. Because if it's climate change, then I might f- start feeling a little bad about it. But if it's just El Nino, then I feel like I have permission to enjoy it and not, wor- not, not beat myself up. That's what I really want okay. to look – I want this show basically to be people telling me I'm okay. That's what I'm looking – could you text in and tell me I'm okay? That would be nice. <laughs> 